Dear friends in Jesus Christ, we continue here at Bethlehem with our Advent Christmas booklet. So we've been using this through the season of Advent and now into the season of Christmas. Today is sermon number eight. Next weekend is sermon number nine. Today, we are focusing on the Christmas story from Luke chapter two. So thinking about the booklet, we are coming to day 21 in the booklet. And here we are in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of the inhabited earth. This was the first census while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Let's understand the Bible is always perfectly accurate. It is the very word of God. So when we think about Quirinius, he did serve as governor on two different occasions. The first time he was governor was between 12 and 2 BC. How does that fit in with Jesus? We know he had to be born in 5 BC because Herod the Great died in 4 BC. So that puts the birth of Jesus right during the first time Quirinius was governor. It all fits together. We can always trust the Bible. It is the word of God. Then the reading goes on and says, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, in other words, the birthplace of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David. So Joseph, being a descendant of David through his son Solomon, and then it goes on, in order to register along with Mary, Mary also being a descendant of David through his son, Nathan. Mary was engaged to Joseph and also was with child. Well, if we think about the requirement to travel to Bethlehem, that was not an easy thing for Joseph and Mary. It was difficult. Uh, you can see the map there, so you can see how they left Nazareth in the north. They would have headed over by the Jordan River. They would have headed south, and then finally they would have cut over to Jerusalem, and then they would have dropped down to Bethlehem. That is the route they would have taken. Understand that's about 90 miles. So we would estimate that they probably made the trip walking in about four days. What would that require? That would mean if they were walking two and a half miles an hour, they would have to walk about eight hours a day for four days in order to make the trip. So the trip was long and it was difficult. But think about it though, God is working all these things together so the great prophecy in Micah chapter five, verse two would be fulfilled that his son would be born in Bethlehem. God has everything figured out. What about with our lives? Our lives can be difficult at times. Maybe your life is difficult even now, but I encourage you to remember these things whenever your life is difficult. Remember, God is aware of what's going on in your life. God has a purpose for the difficulties. In other words, God has permitted them. God has caused them. And then also remember that God is causing 
all things to work together for good to those who love him. Sometimes it's hard to say, well, God, how could this one particular thing be good? But God isn't necessarily saying every single thing is good, but God is causing all of it to work together for good. So we have to kind of step back. We have to see that big perspective. It's important to keep that in mind. And then we go on to day 22 in the booklet. We're in Luke chapter 2, picking up in verse 6. While they were there in Bethlehem, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So think about it. The word was made flesh. So in some of the earlier sermons, we talked about how the word of God is the son of God, and the son of God was with the father even before the creation of the world. But then in the fullness of time, that is when the son of God came down from heaven and put on flesh in the womb of Mary. And then, what did God permit? Here she is giving birth to a location where animals stayed. So we have this young, humble, virgin woman carrying the very Son of God in flesh and then being born under such humble circumstances. What could we say? Well, we could say Jesus, the greatest, came in great humility to save everyone. Like if he was born under like these grand circumstances, we might think, oh, he came for the important people of the world. He didn't come for people like you and me. But when he was born under such lowly circumstances, that's a way that God was saying, understand, I sent him for every single person. I sent him for for the lowest all the way to the highest. So we are included in that category. Jesus came for us. He is our Savior. Let's go on now to a hymn, Infant Holy, Infant Lowly.
We are now at day 23 in the booklet. We are back to Luke chapter 2, and we pick up in verse 8. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel, that is a messenger of the Lord, suddenly appeared before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. When we think about shepherds, they were unimportant people. But isn't it amazing, though, that the angel appears to them and he announces to them, God was saying to them, I love you. And God is saying to us today that he loves us too. Now, what makes that really extraordinary is here we are, every one of us, we are rotten sinners. And we would think, oh, because I've sinned, certainly God wouldn't love me. But the amazing thing is, Though we have sinned, though we are undeserving, God loves us. Now, God doesn't love our sin. God loves us because God is love. And then we saw in the reading, too, it talked about the angel appearing and then the glory of the Lord. And what was the outcome? Great fear. So think about that. When the glory of the Lord appeared, what does that mean? That was God revealing his great power. So the angel had to be so awesome, but then the glory of the Lord showing the great power of the Lord. And of course, also the holiness of the Lord. And the shepherds were not holy. We are not holy. So all of that caused great fear. Think about divine service setting three. When we think about the beginning of it, maybe you've never thought about it before, but we begin with the words, Almighty God, merciful Father. When we hear the words, Almighty God, well, because we have sinned, that should terrify us. Wait a minute, I'm a sinner and now I'm addressing the Almighty God who not only has all power, but knows everything. He knows all about my sins. But then, what is the second part of it? He is our merciful Father. So God, because he loves us so much, he sent his son, his son did all the work, he took away our sins, and now because our sins have been taken away, because we are trusting in Jesus, our fear has been replaced with peace and joy. Again, we are some of the most blessed people in the entire world. At this time, we go on to another hymn, Let's Rejoice with the Angels.
And now we're up to day 24, our final day here in today's sermon. So we are back to Luke chapter 2, picking up in verse 15. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds, but Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. If you think about what the text says there, it says that the shepherds, when they heard, they believed. In other words, they didn't say, oh, let's go to Bethlehem and see if this has really happened. When they heard, they believed. So they went to see Christ their Lord. God had put faith into their hearts and they wanted to see their Savior with their own eyes. So it's amazing that the Son of God put on flesh for you and me. Now he did it, but I wonder though, do you believe it? And then are you trusting in Jesus for eternal life? Now it's one thing to have knowledge about him. It's another thing to trust in him for various things of this life. Oh, I'm sick. Dear Jesus, help me. Oh, I'm going on a trip. Dear Jesus, protect me. But it's another thing, though, to understand that we cannot save ourselves, that Jesus is the only Savior, and then to have that God-given gift of faith by which we are trusting in him for eternal life for our entrance into heaven so that we can finally be with God forever. That is so critical. May God grant all of us that blessing. And then thinking about the shepherds, they believed what they heard. They were excited about it. They knew it benefited them, and they were excited to tell others. What about us? Do we understand that we have something amazing that most people probably do not have. They are blinded to the truth and they don't even know it. See, if they knew it, they would be begging us to tell them the truth. The thing is, they don't even know it, but God wants them to know it and he wants them to receive his son. Think about what Peter did there on the day of Pentecost. He's concluding his great sermon, and he said to them, this Jesus whom you crucified is both Lord and Christ. When the people heard that, the Bible says they were cut to the heart. In other words, they're like, oh, we had no idea that Jesus, that he was the promised Messiah, and now we have had a part in crucifying him. They were just devastated. And then they said, brothers, what shall we do? 
that was like their aha moment that they knew that they had done like the worst thing and how could they ever, ever be saved? So they said, brothers, what shall we do? And then what did Peter say? He had good news. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. God wants us to realize our great need. By the grace of God, he wants us to embrace Jesus. He wants us to greatly rejoice. What does it say there? Day of Pentecost, about 3,000 then were baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of sins. What an amazing thing. Well, thinking about our text, it said that the people, when they heard what the shepherds said, the people wondered, and then Mary, what did she do with everything that had happened? She's treasuring these things in her heart. What about with us? We have a number of options here when we think about the news of what we have heard today. We can assume that Jesus is a fraud that you know, people like us, foolish people like us, we believe in him, but we can just assume he's a fraud. Yeah, people think he's a great man, but so what? And we can just reject him. Or we can remain unsure. Oh, is he really the son of God or is he just a man? And we can just do nothing. Or we can be like, hey, I'm really curious about this. I've been hearing about Jesus and I kind of wonder like, is he that great and do I need him and am I a sinner and all kinds of things like that. So we could dig into the Bible. And the amazing thing is when we get into the Bible with an open heart and an open mind, then the Holy Spirit is working through the word of God to show us the truth and to give us exactly what we need. God is so good. And then we can, here's another choice, we can be happy rejoicing that Jesus is our Savior. He is our Lord. We have blessings now, we have blessings forever. And then finally, we can be like the shepherds. We can realize that, wait a minute, I certainly needed Jesus. I have him. Oh, wait a minute. The Bible says all have sinned. So that means everybody needs Jesus. So why not be more like the shepherds and tell people the good news of who Jesus is and what he has done for everyone. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, even before the first sin, you planned to save us. And then when the time was right, your son was born. But we know he was born for the purpose of living and for the purpose of dying for us and for all. As we think about all of that, dear Father, thank you so much for your great love and your great action to take away our sins. We pray that you would enable us to keep being in Christ and also enable us to be like the shepherds. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.